0: Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest in sports news, fantasy analysis, and opinions. Don't forget the hot takes. Can't have a sports show without hot takes these days. What about hot cakes, though? Mm, I want some hot cakes. Now, here's your host, ready to jump into the thick of things, Dwayne Callender. Hello, and happy 4th of Kauai to everyone. Obviously, I'm joking. It's the 4th of July, Uh, It's in the early afternoon here on the East Coast. Uh, You may hear some fireworks going off in the background, but, you know, no bother. Uh, But honestly, you know, I got a number of responses and true to form what I expected from Knicks fans saying that I'm way too critical of the team. But sure enough, I get validated once again with more stories of the craziness that has gone on in the past few days uh, of NBA free agency as the story leaks out again that the Knicks could have had a sit-down meeting with Kawhi Leonard but wanted to prioritize signing notable free agents like Wayne Ellington, Reggie Bullock, and Bobby Portis. Uh, You know, I laugh Because realistically, it's the only way to cope with the pain of being a Knicks fan. You have an organization that would rather settle for less than actually try and get told no to their face. Because their ego is so fragile. And I don't mean the executives being Scott Perry and Steve Mills. I'm talking about James Dolan himself. He doesn't want to be told no by these NBA free agents. So instead of just taking the meeting like a responsible NBA franchise, the teams would kill for the opportunity to have an interview with Kawhi Leonard, an NBA free agent that wants to weigh all the options. Is it a long shot that you get Kawhi? Most likely compared to the Lakers who have LeBron James and Anthony Davis together. You got Toronto, whom Kawhi just won the NBA title with. And you have the Clippers, who have a well-balanced roster, a bunch of draft picks, and are up and coming. And also live in uh, uh, play in L.A., where Kawhi is from and would be a homecoming for him. These are all factors. So, yes, do the Knicks have a long shot of getting Kawhi? Absolutely. But the thing of it is, is that in this example, the Knicks are on a job interview. The Knicks have to rehabilitate their image of a franchise that doesn't know what it's doing into a franchise that would be a marquee destination for NBA basketball players to come to more frequently. What better example of that than it is to go to a meeting with Kawhi Leonard, the top free agent, put together your best presentation possible, and upsell him on playing in New York. Worst case, he says no. You don't get some of those, again, contract-filling free agents that are really just there to take up cap space because I don't want to hear the building a winning philosophy when you're signing Bobby Portis, Wayne Ellington, and Reggie Bullock, guys who have not won in their NBA careers. No matter how you try to slice it, those guys have not been progressive winners, or even in the case of Ellington, when he has been on winning teams in Miami, it was as a bench player, nothing more, nothing less. Honestly, it is insulting to the intelligence to say that these are high-valued free agents. These are contract fillers to take up salary cap and be flexible with their salaries so you can trade them in the future, which again is a big if. And I'll get into the whole aspect of marginal value and being able to maximize the value of said free agents. So. Getting back to my point. Again. This is essentially a job interview. What the Knicks did. By backing out. Which looks terrible on the surface by the way. Because there are only a select few teams. Who got the opportunity to even have a sit down with Kawhi. The Dallas Mavericks were interested in having a sit-down with Kawhi Leonard, and they're far more along in the process than the Knicks are in terms of rebuilding their franchise. They would have loved to sit down with Kawhi. He didn't give them one. It just looks tacky. And people talk. And this is why the Knicks are the Knicks, and why no one can take them seriously. Because they do dumb stuff like this all the time. All the time. And it, it, it just goes over their head as to wondering why people are not interested in them. So going back to this, it is essentially a job interview. What the Knicks did by backing out would be the equivalent of someone who is making six plus figures. Hit some hard times, got laid off. Having an opportunity of getting a lead technical role at Google. But decides that, you know, maybe I don't have the best chance of getting getting that job. You know what? Instead of having a high-paying job and trying to get another high-paying job. And just, you know, figure out a game plan of getting another high-paying job. I am going to take the assistant manager job at McDonald's. Now... That's not to begrudge having a job in the fast food industry. I'm not saying that. But when you have an alternative option that is far more lucrative and more well worth your while, no one in their right mind would actually settle for a far less paying job that is not nearly as fulfilling in the field of work that they are in Uh, I, I just, I truly cannot fathom how the Knicks ever could have imagined that this would have been a good PR look saying you're backing out of Kawhi unless it came from Dolan. Because, again, Scott Perry and Steve Mills, they know NBA basketball players. Backing out of a meeting with Kawhi Leonard, who's the top free agent, makes you look like you don't know what you're doing. Yet again, because even if the game plan was to sign all these free agents to flip contracts, that's a big if. Because guess what? The Clippers and the Grizzlies were each able to make their own separate trades on the first night of free agency. The Clippers got Mo Harkless in a salary dump trade where they also got a first-round pick from Portland. The Memphis Grizzlies got a first-round pick from the Golden State Warriors for taking on the contract of Andre Iguodala. The Grizzlies, by the way, are also trying to flip Andre Iguodala to a number of teams, most notably the Houston Rockets and the Dallas Mavericks. Most people thought they were going to buy him out. The Grizzlies are trying to do something creative. But here's the thing. Between Mo Harkless and Andre Iguodala, they are hard workers. No one ever complains about their work rate. They've both been playing in the playoffs for a couple of years now. They are the kind of players you would actually want to have on your roster if you have a young team. Again, instead of trying to make trades with teams that needed to clear cap space... You know, you could have even gone after guys like Andre Roberson or Goran Dragic to take on their contracts and get picks in return. Instead of doing that, which would have been far more logical if you were trying to build out a team chemistry from a standpoint of getting veterans who play in the playoffs and play meaningful minutes that would be beneficial that young players can learn from. You go out and sign guys who play minutes on crappy teams, who know how to put up points on crappy teams, who don't know much about winning cuz they haven't been in winning situations. I again, I don't I don't understand the logic of Knicks cuz Knicks fans are are buying this BS from management saying that they're trying to build a winning core. You're not making the playoffs with this roster. What winning philosophy are you cultivating here? Basically, you're, you've are you assembled a bunch of mercenary veterans, a bunch of young players who are going to fight it out to try to get playing time minutes. Usually, the way this plays out is that someone ends up being cranky and disinterested And you're going to have to deal them anyway. If it ends up being a veteran, that hurts you even more because, guess what? The trade value that you were anticipating getting won't be there. Because the thing of it is is that when you sign players on these one to two year deals and you think you can turn around mid-season or next summer, Sometimes it's better to get the deal you can get now and take on a contract like Harkless or Iguodala because now you're assuming the likes of Wayne Ellington don't get hurt and play well. Bobby Portis doesn't get hurt and plays well. Alfred Payton plays well and doesn't get hurt when he has a history of being hurt quite a bit during the season. You have to to assume a lot now in order to get value out of these picks because again these guys would be playing over your young players that you're supposedly trying to develop even further again I question the logic present here it's almost as though James Dolan commanded Steve Mills and Scott Perry to only sign the guys who would say yes to him Because he doesn't want to hear the word no. It's the truth. And the truth of the matter is the question fans should be asking is how many wins or whatever value you ascertain given to Taj Gibson and Alfred Payton next year? How many wins can they realistically add? Are, are they somehow more valuable in terms of wins than ch- making a trade for Andre Iguodala? You know, again, if you're trying to build out a winning roster, wouldn't you have actually done some homework and thought, hey, if KD doesn't go to the Warriors and, and return to the Warriors, the Warriors are probably going to have to offload uh, Iguodala's contract that they're going to bring someone in. Like, did no one think of that? Because... To me, that was one of the clearest signs. Like, that's why the Knicks, like, running around with their head cut off, signing all these players, came across so ridiculous. You know, again, I know the Knicks didn't expect to be 17 wins bad last season. I thought that, you know, most people thought, you know, even I thought that they win at least 20, 20, somewhere between 24 and 27 games. Did not think that they would be that bad last year. This upcoming season, I don't think they're that much better than where I had them the, uh, uh, this cur- uh this past season. 24 to 27, I think they would be in the exact same spot. Because, A, they didn't bring in anyone who could play a lick of defense. And, B, they didn't bring in too many shooters other than Ellington. Reggie Bullock and Alfred Payton are volume shooters. They're not actually efficient shooters which is a big difference because when you don't play any defense you need efficient scores and Ellington is a catch and shoot guy so you need playmakers now can Devin Smith Jr. and Alfred Payton make plays yes but usually they make plays for themselves not actually make plays for other players that's part of the problem you, you and same deal with Reggie Bullock you brought, you got three point guards who are more shoot first than pass first, and they're all going to want the rock. Somebody's going to be miserable next season. I don't know who, but I, I know someone, so, uh, like, if if you gave me a bet on how many players on the Knicks next season are uh, complaining to the media about their playing time, I put the number easily at, uh, the line at easily over three and a half players. There are going to be a ton of players next year unless there are a bunch of injuries and guys can't complain about playing time in that instance that are going to be miserable about being healthy scratches uh, on a nightly basis. The Knicks put themselves in that position. But the fact that they had a chance to interview with Kawhi Leonard and put their best foot forward, even if it's a long shot, at least Kawhi can say publicly, you know what, the Knicks put on a good presentation. Just an acknowledgement that the Knicks did something proper and had a professional presentation would do wonders for MSG as a whole to take away the stigma of being an inept organization from a basketball operation standpoint. Because the stench... Of Isaiah Thomas and Phil Jackson still hover over this franchise like a plague. The legacy of Scott Layden. Scott Layden just putting this team in a hole that was further dug in by Isaiah Thomas. Again, so many things have gone wrong for the Knicks over the past two decades. It's hard to make this up. The brief glimmer of hope that Donnie Walsh offered in the short time he was here, turning the Knicks back into respectability only for James Dolan to dash it away again by acquiescing to every whim and demand of Carmelo Anthony uh, asking for a trade from Denver and gutting the entire roster against Donnie Walsh's wishes. These are the things that happen to inept organizations because of lack of proper leadership and again i don't know who made the call to back out of the meeting with kawaii but if i had money on it i'd easily put a hundred bucks on those dolan and feel very confident in being right on that because that is what the knicks have been an organization that doesn't like to hear the word no so instead of hearing the word no they surround themselves with scenarios where they can't fail Except everyone around them knows that the Knicks are just like putting together this imaginary uh, uh, blanket uh, <laughs> blanket fort when everyone else is, you know, playing actual actual uh, chess. The Knicks are pretending that they uh, are kings of their own domain. It is very tiring as a fan to have to... Try to rationalize the logic of their franchise when there is no logic present. It is just ego. So I am going to deviate away from the Knicks and talk a little bit more about what's going on with NBA Free HC in general. We are literally in full-on day four of Kawhi watch, wherein Kawhi Leonard has not made a decision on where he's going to play free agency, and everyone was kind of suspected that he would make the announcement today. Kevin Durant made the decision on July 4th of 2016. Gordon Hayward made his decision to leave Utah for Boston uh, two years ago. So, there is precedent here with the recent NBA trends for decisions to be made on July 4th. The issue here is the fact that, you know, when you look at it from the standpoint of Kawhi Leonard looking at it from a couple of different angles, and some angles that, quite frankly, I I really didn't think were going to be that big of an issue. Kawhi Leonard... One thing I knew was going to be effective was the fact that he wanted to go to a team where he could do load management. I thought the Clippers would have been a fine fit for him in this regard. Because the Clippers are a very scrappy team. Similar to Toronto. Had a extremely similar makeup. Now, folks are saying that there's no way the Clippers uh, could allow for load management with Kawhi. But again... The Clippers have Lou Williams and a couple other very good players that they can grind out wins similar to the way Toronto grinded out wins in the East. I know the West is incredibly tough. But I know the Clippers had no business being in the playoffs this year and they traded away Tobias Harris midseason and still found a way to make the playoffs because that's the kind of quality of guys that they got. They play good defense. They run efficient offense. And they can actually uh, score buckets. To me, load management where Kawhi takes off 20 games a year would have actually worked in the Clippers. The reports are that Kawhi, you know, it uh, had a, a very professional meeting with the Clippers. Not too many details leaked. Unlike what happened with the Lakers and uh, and Toronto. But most people are reporting that the, the Clippers are on are on the outside looking in that they're a distant third who knows it could still end up being the Clippers because like I said I still feel as though load management would work just fine with the Clippers I think the what the situation where load management doesn't work is the Lakers and you're and I know some of you're thinking Dwayne how could load management not work with the Lakers when they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis and my, question, uh, my situation is, they got LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kyle Kuzma, and who else? The Lakers have not signed too many people. The Lakers basically signed Jared Dudley, who played college uh, basketball when I was in college. Jared Dudley is at the end of his rope as an NBA basketball player. The, the fact of the matter is that the Lakers bench will be the absolute thinnest in the entire league. They are going to fill it with minimum salary, guys, if Kawhi were to go there. And even if Kawhi doesn't go there, it's the worst case scenario because the Lakers don't have that many free agents left that would be viable options for what they need to play defense and shoot three-pointers. The Lakers are very much beholden to Kawhi Leonard making his decision, which is leading to the conspiracy theory that Kawhi Leonard is holding out this free agency process to screw over the Lakers in the fact that he'll go to the Clippers and and screw over the Lakers because the Lakers would have uh, wasted all that time not signing free agents because they were waiting on Kawhi and, and the amount of money it was going to take to sign him. I don't know. I just don't know. The truth is, when it comes to the Lakers, there's a lot of duplication here. Kawhi and LeBron James are very much ball-dominant players. They like having the ball. They're not necessarily all that comfortable being off the ball and scoring consistently. Anthony Davis will float around. But Anthony Davis does not want to play the 5 position. He doesn't want to play center position. He doesn't like to bang in the post. The Lakers don't really have that many options left in terms of centers. Even uh Marjanovic, uh Boban Marjanovic, the 7 foot 3 center signed with the Dallas Mavericks for the uh for the mid-level exception uh, of about 4 billion. Willie Cauley-Stein was stolen by the Warriors for the minimum. Kevon Looney did not leave the Warriors. He returned back to the Warriors on a three-year $15 million deal, which was a bargain. There are not that many centers around left that are quality centers. Even guys like Jake Lehman and Myers-Letter were getting money being moved from Portland. And those are bodies for the most part. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you could say, oh, well, the Lakers want to play small. Someone's going to have to rebound. And Anthony Davis does not want to bang in the post. That is something he has steadfastly maintained. So, even if Kawhi signs, you got to hope that you can convince a DeMarcus Cousins to take the minimum. To come over to play with the Lakers. If you want to center. You got to get Rajon Rondo to take the men to play point. And again. If anyone was paying attention to the NBA season last year. Rondo and LeBron did not play well. Because Rondo is ball dominant. LeBron is ball dominant. Kawhi is ball dominant. Who do you think is going to get the short end of the stick there? It's got to be Rondo. I don't think Rondo's going to do all that much next year. Is is Rondo really going to sign up for that? Maybe. But I think it's going to be a rough go. And again, if you want to do load management, you got to have you got to have the infrastructure in place to make it work. And I don't think the Lakers do because too many guys have signed free agency already with this process playing out and the Lakers gutting the entire roster outside of Kuzma and LeBron last year to get AD and then clear some cap space for a third uh, free agent. Like the Lakers just botched this entire process. uh, To be honest. Now, if, if, if it, if it pans out and they get Kawhi, everyone will call them geniuses, but I'll be honest. If, Kawhi Leonard signed with the Lakers and Vegas would drop the odds to make uh, the Lakers the prohibitive favorite to win the uh to win the NBA title, I will gladly take the field all day, every day, if that was to if if it came to that. Because I don't like the roster construction that would be coming out of that. Because basically you're you're you would be re enlisting the same guys That, while they played well in spurts with LeBron last year, also showed enough deficiencies that when LeBron got hurt, the team completely fell apart. I do not see a whole lot of value in the Lakers, even with Kawhi Leonard. I don't consider him a prohibitive favorite. I would fade him. I really would fade them because... In the West, they would be tested constantly. Anthony Davis has a long, prodigious track record of being injured at various points during an NBA season. If Kawhi wants to do load management and take off 20 games and LeBron wants to do some type of similar load management as well, I don't think that's going to be compatible in the West. Not with a bench that shallow, uh that the Lakers would have to try it out. It, it, to me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So what is keeping LA in the mix? LeBron and Rich uh, Rich Paul and Maverick Carter. LeBron, obviously, with it, the amount of charities and the uh, star power LeBron brings to the table. You got Rich Paul, now LeBron's uh, agent and basically running his own firm courtesy of LeBron. And you got Maverick Carter, LeBron's longtime business associate, who is also in charge of crafting LeBron's media empire and also has his own uh, endeavors as well. Can they get entice Kawhi into broadening out his reach, which is something that Kawhi and his camp have desperately wanted, to be make Kawhi a household name? Kawhi kind of did that on his own with his performance at the NBA Finals, but they want to have Kawhi be a media celebrity. Now, usually that stuff doesn't mix. I mean, even Michael Jordan and I kind of kept that to the side. He'd sell a lot of Nikes, but he wasn't doing a whole lot of TV and movies outside of Space Jam. And even Space Jam came about because of the layoff he had playing baseball. And then coming back to basketball, that's kind of the essence of reintroducing Michael Jordan to the world was Space Jam. But, you know, again, I don't know what Kawhi is truly prioritizing. And to be honest, members of the media really don't know either. It's a lot of rumor and speculation that's going on. And that's what's driving this whole media frenzy, is that no one really knows what Kawhi wants to do. The other story coming from the pitch meetings, uh, outside of uh, what happened with the Lakers, was Magic Johnson say how everything was hunky-dory with what was going on with the Lakers when Magic Johnson literally threw everyone uh, not named uh, <laughs> not named GD Buss under the bus, if you will, because he outlined how Rob Palenka stabbed him in the back multiple times during his tenure as Lakers president of basketball operations. He thought Rob Palenka as the GM undermined him at every step of the way. How do you reconcile that when you are being asked by Kwai, what are the Lakers like as an organization? Magic saying everything's hunky dory. Your media tour with ESPN says otherwise. Just complete dysfunction going on throughout in the process. But that's the L.A. scenario. The Lakers are always noisy. It it seemed to be that, at least from my perspective, Kawhi, was, even though he wanted the fame and attention, he didn't want the media circus. Maybe that's, that's his change. Maybe we didn't know him as well as we were led to believe by media members that were trying to glean more information from Kawhi. Maybe Kawhi is okay with having some media scrutiny. Who knows? But the fact of the matter is the fact that the Lakers are being entertained this long means that you know having a quiet quiet life and being a superstar is not tantamount to being the number one thing that's important to Kawhi Leonard. Otherwise, the Clippers would have been the the stop. To me, from a basketball standpoint and from a quality of life standpoint the Clippers would not get nearly as much attention as the Lakers. That's just fact. It's one of the reasons why Katie and Kyrie joining the Nets was befuddling for so many people is that if they wanted the attention, why wouldn't they go to the Knicks? But part of my thing is they want to live in New York without actually having the media scrutiny. That's why they went with the Nets. Because the Knicks can't actually deflect anything. The Knicks amplify everything around them. Much like the Lakers do, except the Lakers are actually successful. For the most part, at least. Now, in terms of media circus, you have the Toronto Raptors, the incumbent. Yesterday, Kawhi Leonard essentially reenacted the O.J. Simpson chase scene down the freeway with police escort, no less, (laughs) Like, because he was flying back from L.A. to Toronto yesterday. He touched out, and his car was literally being followed by a police escort with a chopper from the local Canadian affiliate following his every move. Again, looking like as if it was the white Bronco chase all over again. It was was utterly bizarre watching that unfold. And I know from Kawhi's camp, The one that's selling points of Toronto was it was going to be the lack of attention. The fact that they won a title seems to have amplified the attention. And again, depending on what Kawhi is looking for, that would have been a, a, a mark against Toronto. Maybe he kind of does like the attention after all. Who knows? No one really seems to know anything about this guy, which is what makes this free agency story. All the more interesting because of the standpoint of folks have been trying to make guesses as to what's going to happen and no one really knows anything. That's the long and short of it. Because in the pitch meeting for the Raptors, Drake, yes, the rapper Drake, was in the pitch meeting for the Toronto Raptors as an official representative selling Kawhi on... Having Kawhi more involved with Drake's music label. What the bleat does this have to do with basketball? Absolutely nothing. But again, it's all about the intangibles, it seems, with Kawhi in order to get him to sold on where his next destination is going to be. If this was strictly a basketball decision, it would have been done and dusted with the Clippers. Kawhi is clearly looking for something more than that and I touched upon this when he was forcing his way out of San Antonio. He's looking for something that most NBA teams cannot provide and whenever you're looking for stuff like that outside of the game usually that's a sign of trouble because more often than not All the stuff you think is going to be giving you happiness usually doesn't give you happiness when you're searching for stuff that you're not necessarily familiar with to bring you a sense of peace, of mind, and of value gained. So, you know, again, what does getting involved in the music industry have to do with building up your brand? I have no idea, but... It looks like Kawhi is looking for other avenues besides just basketball to build out the brand. Is that the best thing long-term for him? Maybe, maybe not. But clearly, this is not just a basketball decision. And regardless, if he had stayed in San Antonio, he probably would be gone by now because there's no way in hell the Spurs are going to be offering him anything that the L.A. teams and Toronto seem to be offering him with different business connections and media opportunities, that, that that's just not how the Spurs roll. But honestly, if Kawhi was more upfront about why he wanted to leave rather than making it specifically about the injury he suffered... You know, I think it probably would have gone down a lot better for the Spurs than the way it did with him not talking. I really uh, feel that way. Because he may not believe that he was handled in the most proper fashion from a medical standpoint. The simple fact of the matter is is that the way this whole free agency courting saga has played out it shows that there are other things besides basketball that are going to be the determining factor of where Kawhi Leonard actually plays basketball next year. So we'll see how it all pans out. I'm going to get back to some more barbecue. Uh, and coming up, we're going to st- start talking uh, in future episodes. We're going to start talking about the other NBA free agents because there are a lot of changes going on and why I like, what some of the things uh, the Golden State Warriors did, some of the other players like Utah, how I like their improvements uh, coming into next season. So plenty to talk about for the NBA. I still haven't talked about my New York Rangers yet and the NHL free agency, uh, uh, how that unfolded. So plenty more to talk about. Unfortunately, the Knicks have been dominating a lot of these stories because the ineptitude of the Knicks keeps highlighting why so many NBA teams are bad right now and why we have this free agency fiasco. Because if there are more quality franchises, it'd be a lot fewer, uh, far fewer super teams, in my opinion. Uh, uh, And you'd probably have more parity. But because there are so many teams that don't know what they're doing, it's a lot harder to get parity because there, there are too many squads that are outright awful. And they deserve to be awful because they don't know what they're doing. Like the Knicks. Anyway, that's going to be all for now. Enjoy uh, your 4th of July. Enjoy the barbecue and the time out uh, with friends and family. And we'll catch up next time. Have a good one, folks.